This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. Hey listeners, first I would like to say thank you to each and every single one of you that has supported the brand new book Inside the Principal's Office, A Leadership Guide to Inspire Reflection and Growth. Whether you purchased it via Amazon or an autographed copy through me, we cannot thank you enough. I have a better deal for you, at least for the holidays. You see, my good friend, Jeff Prickett, a fellow principal here in Illinois, has also written a leadership book, Becoming Principal. Well, he and I have decided to join together and offer you an amazing bundle for the low price of $35. That's right, for $35, you can get an autographed copy of Jeff's brand new best-selling leadership book and, well, mine as well. So check out the show notes. Click the link and order yours today, and, well, maybe pick one up for a friend as well. Thanks in advance. So originally, this episode was not supposed to be a a throwback episode. It was not supposed to be a reflection episode. Uh, I've never done one of those yet, but who knows? Maybe if this goes well, uh, I'll think about doing it a little more often. Instead, this episode was supposed to be an interview with my good friend and colleague, uh, Lee Hole, uh, an educator who is currently uh, stationed in Cambodia. He is uh, an international educator, a phenomenal thing. Uh, and, and I was really looking forward to sharing the, the, the amazing conversation that I had with him for this upcoming episode and really closing out the year with something a little bit differently. However, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but towards the very end, literally within the last five minutes or so of our episode, my computer did something strange, erased all of my audio, and so I'm in the process of trying to recover that, and well, if it doesn't happen, I get to talk with Lee again, which is no issue at all. It was an absolute pleasure. So instead of that episode, which you're going to have to wait for just a little bit longer, I decided that I was going to bring back last year's holiday episode uh, in preparation for this upcoming year. Uh, This year, we're going to do something a little bit different. We have two guests who celebrate Christmas, two guests who celebrate Hanukkah, and they are all podcaster friends of mine. So I'm really looking forward to connecting with them and just sharing our insights into how we celebrate the the traditions and uh, around the holidays that, well, we celebrate that this time of year. 
So in order for us to get ready for that, in order for you to prepare yourself, it is definitely the holiday seasons. I am going to bring back last year's episode, which was powerful, uh, unexpectedly powerful. It just was supposed to be a, a, a an exploration of, of varying perspectives around the various facets of these uh, winter holidays. And instead, what we ended up with was a genuine conversation amongst friends that included laughter and tears. And so I really hope that you enjoy listening either for the first time or, or listening to, again, the 2020 holiday episode as we prepare for the upcoming episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a repeat of last year's holiday episode. And I will see you all very soon with the 2021 episode. Take care. All right. Hello and welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast. I'm so excited to have all of you on the show today. Um, We're doing something a little special, right? This is the holiday special. So with me today, I have five wonderful guests. So before we jump into anything, we're going to go around the table, let each of them introduce themselves. So uh, Debbie, we'll start with you. Hi, I am Debbie Ferguson. I am the founder and CEO of A Better Classroom here in Connecticut. Um, My company does workshops, consulting, teacher mentoring, systems planning, whatever you need to help make your school more productive and positive. And I'm so grateful and honored to be asked to be part of this panel today with these wonderful people. Thank you for being here, Debbie. Thank you so much. Asael, I'm going to turn it over to you. Awesome. Hey, uh, once again, this is Asael Rualcaba, the principal of Rio Hondo High School uh, way down here in South Texas. So just glad to be on this panel with these uh, great guests on here. So thanks for having me here, Charles. Of course, of course. I'm looking forward to interacting with you again. And so now next up, we have Tracy. Tracy, introduce yourself. I'm Tracy Browder. Charles, thank you for having me. Um, I am an educator and I have a podcast, Intelligogy the Podcast, and I do a lot of equity work and anti-racism awareness and education for schools um, with with the company and my co-founder is Don Harris and together we have Grit Crew EDU. Appreciate it, Tracy. As always, love all the work that we do. And now I'm going to turn it over to my good friend, Kwame. Kwame, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Charles. And hello, everybody. My name is Kwame Sarfamenta. I am the founder and CEO of Identity Talk Consulting. And we're based here in Boston, Massachusetts. And we do a lot of work with primarily early career teachers and and all K-12 teachers around culturally responsive teaching, um, and just other aspects of teacher development. So that can come in the form of virtual programming, uh, workshops with different districts, teacher education programs, and educational nonprofits. And outside of doing the consulting work, I also have my own podcast called Identity Talk for Educators Live, which is on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those platforms, and I'm just honored to be here on this panel. Well, Kwame, I appreciate you being here. Guys, make sure you check them out. And last but not least, I'm going to turn it over to Jennifer. 
Hey there, um, Jennifer Haston Machieski here, and I am I am way super pumped to be here right now. So I hope you can <laughs> you can probably hear it in my voice. Um, I am a special education teacher, a behavior specialist. Um, I do some nature therapy also. I'm big into hiking. I actually just bought a school bus. I'm converting it into a schoolie and uh, hoping to just travel around. And I I started a business called Stop Breathe Be. Um, where I bring mindfulness and yoga into the schools. And so I'm kind of hoping just to take that all on the road, I guess. I've got four kids and I'm just going to homeschool them all. We're just going to travel the U.S. and see what happens uh, starting this summer. So I'm super, super excited for that. We'll see what happens. Jennifer, that sounds amazing. If you happen to come up into our corner, and I'm sure as you travel across the country, we, we have people from all over the country. Make sure you stop by and say hello. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for introducing yourselves. I, I, for all the listeners, you can hear we have a, a dynamic setup. Any of these guests would be wonderful by themselves. So I'm super excited to bring this special episode loaded with some amazing guests here to, for you today. So we, we have three simple questions that we're going to talk about. We're going to reflect on Christmas. We're going to look forward uh, and just have a little bit of fun. So first question, first things up here. I just want to ask you guys, think about this really quick. What does Christmas mean to you, right? When, when you hear of Christmas, when you think of Christmas, when this time of season comes around, what does it mean to you? So, Debbie, I, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Christmas to me means being together with my family, and that's what it has always been. I grew up in a family with four kids, and there's 12 years between my oldest sibling and my youngest sibling. And as we moved, you know, went to school, graduated, moved around the country, that meant I was going to get to see everybody again. And I, we were all going to be together just like we were when we were kids and laugh and get caught up and be able to hug each other. And I, I, that's what I love about Christmas is just being together. And to me, it just, it means family. It means being together. It means happiness. That's beautiful. I say I'm going to continue with you. Uh, as far as Christmas for me, you know, pretty similar. It, it's family time. Uh, just growing up here in South Texas, just getting together with the family, with the uncles, and and it it was very special, very special time. And uh, Christmas also reminds me uh, growing up, and and my mom's birthday's on the 24th, so it was always a special time to be celebrating her birthday on Christmas Eve and then followed by uh, the birth of Jesus. So uh, my mom's super, super religious. So she always kept us, uh, kept the meaning of Christ in Christmas. So um, again, family time and, and just, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have to ask. So mom's birthday is Christmas Eve. Next day is Christmas. How do you do the gifts? Uh, with for for us the gifts we, we growing up we used to go to midnight mass uh growing up catholic um religion played a a major part so my grandma and my mom and my aunts and uncles it was a you know we had to go to midnight mass and after midnight mass we'd come back and and open up the few presents that we did have for for each other but uh you know again and, and I don't want to talk too much right now cuz uh, there's other questions but we grew up poor so the gifts didn't really mean so much. It was just that family time. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
So we're going to go ahead and keep this moving here. Tracy, I'm coming over to you. So um, Asiel and I have a lot in common as I was listening to him. Uh, for me, it's faith, family, and hope. Um, you know, we are a very spiritual family, and um, I'm actually, uh, let's see, all of my uncles, my grandfather, um, they're all in ministry. So it's, you know, that faith is just really, really big in the Jackson family. That's my maiden name. And um, it everything centers around focusing on the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, we're in church a lot leading up to Christmas. And, you know, our family is huge. So we were always together. And not only were we together, we were celebrating the birth of Jesus. And and there's just such hope in that. So that wrap all of that together. And then after church, somehow we all migrated back to my house. And, and my dad has, he's one of 12. And then they all had kids. So you can imagine <laughs> what kind of celebration it was at my house growing up. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. I, I, I'm glad to hear, even though, you know, we, we try to do something, get all of these different, uh, you know, people on the show here, you know, definitely this idea of faith is coming through. So thank you for sharing on that. Um, mm -hmm. Kwame, I'm going to bring it over to you. All right. So what does the holiday season mean to me? Well, I think for my family, it's pretty simple. I mean, we're also a spiritual family. So for us, it's about fun food, family, the three Fs. <laughs> um, you, go. you know, just growing up as a child, you know, Christmas, it was all about the presents. Um, but we also enjoyed our time with our family. But for us, it was about getting that next video game. So I'm going to date myself, you know, growing up in the, um, you know, late 80s and, you know, early 90s, it was always about getting that new Super Nintendo game. You know, the new Sega Genesis game. On Atari. Um, oh, that's way back. <laughs> oh, wow. Not really? I know I said, fire. I, I'm going to date myself, but I mean, that far. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Now, you sound like my teenage son. My teenage son would say, wow, Ma, you old, old. <laughs> Listen, so you know, I'm you know, I'm approaching my 40s, so that's just kind of give you an idea. But but yeah, just it was always about the presence, um, and just being around family, you know, because that was a time where you we had to, we were able to meet with our other extended family, so our cousins, our aunts and uncles who live nearby, who we didn't really get a chance to see throughout the course of the calendar year. So just having the opportunity to be in Fellowship, I guess that's the fourth F, right? Uh, with mm -hmm. our family. And then the foods too. Food's great too, because you know, my family's from West Africa, you know, Ghana more specifically. So we always had that good, that good food, you know, mom's cooking, all the different uh delicacies and and dishes that we just fetish. So it, it was just it was just a great time to be um with each other. Um, to close out the year. Thank you. So Kwame, I, I have to ask, favorite game, favorite console? Oh man. Now you really put me on the spot. Okay. <laughs> um, wow. Favorite? 
don't know if I have a favorite, but I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, at the time, it was Sega Genesis, and the reason why is because you know how there are some games that just translated better on Sega Genesis as opposed to Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, I just felt like Sega Genesis, the graphics were more crisp, even though it was 16-bit. <laughs> but, um, but I guess my next one would have been the Nintendo 64. Mario Kart. Nice. Mario Kart, <laughs> uh, 007, James Bond. You know, those are classic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I can't get into the PS5s and the Xboxes. You know, now that I'm an adult, like, I don't really play video games like that. So, like, that's way out of my league now. <laughs> it's too many buttons for me. Yes. And I'll I just play Pac-Man at a bar. <laughs> I had Pac-Man and Pong at bars. Yeah. That counts. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Galaga guy. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, since, since we've taken this little detour, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a whole series on Netflix about like video games in the history. And so if you haven't seen it yet, definitely watch it. It will take you back down memory lane and I think you'll have a blast. So I appreciate you Kwame opening that door, but I'm going to turn it over now to Jennifer. Jennifer, what does Christmas mean to oh, you? Oh man. Um, you know, my husband would tell you that I overuse the word magical during this time of the year. <laughs> everything's just so magical. And he's like, Oh, God, is one, if one more thing is magical, I'm, I'm out of here. But, um, it just tends for me, it tends to bring out my, my extra positivity, reflective side, I guess, because I really like to, um, I just spend so much time contemplating how grateful I am for everything that I have, uh, for spending, for being able to spend one more year on this earth. Um, and, and I start to really I, I feel like I tend, it comes always right after, you know, elections, especially this year, uh, hashtag 2020, but I just tend <laughs> to really reflect on people, you know, and I just start to, I just start to, um, I just start to remind myself that I really believe that people ultimately want to do and be good. And so I, I find myself becoming more charitable, um, you know, even when people pull out and hit me with their carts and they don't look where they're going and they pull out in front of you in the grocery store. <laughs> and I just want to get so grumpy, but for some reason this time of year just makes me extra happy. Um, you know, and I, I really, I, I start to think a lot more about how I might make the next year better than the, the previous year, which hopefully isn't too difficult after the year that we've all shared together. <laughs> it's just a really reflective time for me. And I, I like to push that on my kids too. And I do push it on them. I make them, we journal a lot this year. We all do. Um, extra charitable acts around the town and around the community and, and for the neighbors. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I know one day my kids will thank me, even if they're grumbling about doing things for the neighbors, the mean ones specifically. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it's good for them. They'll, they'll thank me someday. That's my motto. <laughs> they need well, it know, the most. Yes. I know. Yes. I know. And I think that's why we do it. We choose one person that we really believe and everybody has to pick a different person that we really believe needs some, we call them the grump fish from um, one of my kids loved the bubble gumpy bubble guppies. And there was a, a fish on there called Mr. Grump fish. And so we always pick one Mr. Grump fish and we, we always do something nice for them. So. Aww. 
Well, I mean, we, we've seen how that impacts people, right? Like the For sure. Scrooge and the Grinch, right? right? You guys are just making it real life. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so speaking of, you know, joy and festivities and things like that, you know, I, I know many, many people because of 2020, right? And everything that 2020 has encompassed, you know, they're just not in the spirit this year, mm-hmm. right? I know when I was working with my staff and we were talking about end of year things, right? This is our last week. And typically we go big. We have a staff party. We do secret Santa. I mean, we, we have a really great time. And this year they said, Mr. Williams, we're just not really feeling it, right? We're not together. We don't see each other, you know, except, you know, over Google. And and so I wanted to take a moment here instead of, right, maybe being in that spot of like, it's really hard to get into joy this year. I want us to kind of go back for a second. Right. Let's let's reach back into our memories and pull up a, a fond holiday tradition or a memory from our childhood. Something that just makes you smile. So, um, you know, the, the one thing whenever I think of Christmas is I moved from Chicago to Indiana when I was about three or four, somewhere in that area. And I moved into my grandparents house and it was on Christmas. Right. And so here I was, this little boy. My mom still has this picture. And you could see the joy and wonder in my eyes. As if, first of all, I'm walking into a house, right? We, we lived in apartments in the city. And so this now we get to move into a house, right? I have my own room and it's Christmas. So my grandparents had a house all decorated for Christmas. And, you know, Jennifer, like you said, it was magical, right? It was just this wonderful, wonderful moment. And so that is one of my biggest memories, right? No matter how old I get, I kind of tap back into that because it was the innocence, that 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 just joy surrounding Christmas. And so I'm curious for you guys, what is a fond holiday memory that you have? So Debbie, I'm going to kick it over to you. I actually have two. Um, my first one is just when we get up, when we would get up in the morning as kids, we would all climb onto my parents' bed, six six of us all in this bed, and my dad would go downstairs and get everybody's stockings, and we would open up the stockings on the bed, and we had to go one person at a time, and it was just, I don't know, it was just this really casual, emotionally close and physically close time that we were together, and, and that's something that I continued. Um, with my kids uh, when they, when they were little, now they're the late twenties now, but um, when they were little, we, we used to do that. And, and I love that. And the other thing that we did was we would um, bake, which I love to do and bake platters of cookies or cakes or uh, pumpkin bread or whatever. And we would get in the car. We did it on Christmas Eve. We would go around to those, those friends that my parents had, the ones that I called, you know, Aunt Alice or, you know, Uncle Bob or or whatever, they were that close. And we would just run up to the door and ring the doorbell. They'd open it, say Merry Christmas, hand it to them and run back in the car. Because it was just about giving something silly, you know, whether it was, you know, like I said, a plate of cookies or a little loaf of bread or, or whatever. And it was just a way to remind people that we care about them and they're important to us. And, and we've continued that as well. Very nice. That it's almost like how we have to do it now with COVID, right? Just run up and run back. Yeah. Like, sorry, we can run. Yeah, <laughs> ding dong, right. it. Debbie, do you need my address? 
<laughs> I do not do have my your address. address. I, I don't. I don't. But I'd probably get to Kwame before anybody else because he's the closest. Asa, <laughs> what about what about you? Uh, I'll I'll stick to the two here to the two theme as far as two fun memories. Uh, one of them, my my grandma, she used to be an Avon salesperson. Mm. Uh, so growing up, she would uh, she would give us deodorant for Christmas. <laughs> so we all knew, like, all right, <laughs> deodorants from Avon. <laughs> so everyone knew, like, all right, what deodorant did you get this year? And <laughs> like, hey, Grandma, can't you get us a toy or something? But. <laughs> Avon didn't sell toys at the time, so you had to get that kickback. Right, right. I was taking offense to that, but that's just me. We we did, but uh, (laughs) so I'm like, "Hey, Grandma, you trying to uh, tell us something here?" (laughs) It's the thought that counts. Oh, Oh, big time! All right, what was the thought? And we loved her for that, (laughs) and and we all knew what we were gonna get, and and. But mm-hmm. we still we still had a blast. Uh, the other thing, uh, I don't recall too many Christmas presents as far as even for my parents uh, or Santa Claus for that matter. Uh, but the, there was one present that that always uh, that's always there as far as in my memory. And one year, our parents for for the five of us, the the five siblings, we they gave us a, a tether ball set. And man, playing tetherball back in the day, that was like, that was a, like a, I don't know, it was just a, an awesome game to play. I don't know if you all know what tetherball is, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. one of the best pres- presents we ever received from our parents. So yeah, those were the two highlights that I can recall. <laughs> Nice. And now, now I'm imagining you out there like Napoleon Dynamite. Just <laughs> big time. Nice. Thank you, Tracy. What about you? Well, I'm I'm going to start here. I, I I won't mention my Ataris. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Um, gosh, that question. So. Christmas as a child for me, I I feel like is extra special because my dad passed away from lung cancer when I was nine years old. And oh my goodness, those, those, all of those years leading up to that, it's like, I mean, if he could have just like he knew and he made every year just that magical word, um, Christmas was amazing and we didn't have a lot of money. In fact, when we went camping, camping was in the back of a station wagon. I didn't realize till I grew up that we were poor. Um, I, I just always felt like we were so comfortable. And I guess he did everything he could through the whole year to just fill our floor with gifts and decorating the tree. I'm really dating myself along with the Atari, the silver aluminum tree um, with the, <laughs> y'all are giggling, like, what is that? They have come back. They've come back. They've come back. Yeah. 
Let me Google that. All right. (laughs) You can go ahead and Google the reflecting lamp that sits on the floor with the plastic shield, different colors, and it would rotate on the tree. That was our definition of Christmas lights. Um, (laughs) So see, just all of those things. So decorating the tree, having that fun with the family, the presents, opening a gift the night before, but just really having a ton of fun. That memory of just fun with my family and my dad. Oh, it's just beautiful. Thank you, Tracy. Like, I, I don't know about everybody else, but right now it's really hard not to just sit here and just be smiling and wrapped mm-hmm. in this warmth mm-hmm. of everything you guys are sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same. So, Kwame, Kwame, what about you? Ah, uh, two traditions. Um, all right, I'm going to narrow it down to, well, my well, the one memory that I do have is um, every Christmas, well, actually on Christmas Eve, we were allowed to open up one of our presents. Jealous. That was a tradition <laughs> that we had. And then the rest we just took care of the, the next day. Um, but, yeah, other than that, like we we just were able to just kind of just sit around and and really just enjoy each other. I know for one, you know, my brother and I, we were big fans of a Christmas story. So you know how they have the marathons all day long. So we'll watch so we're watching, you know, a Christmas story and drinking um eggnog. Unspiked at the time, but we enjoyed it. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, and just having, you know, our early Christmas dinner and and dessert, which was usually, you know, apple pie with a little bit more eggnog, Um, (laughs) you know, yeah, so it was really, it was really simple. So, I mean, it's not anything that was super formal. I mean, it was really just being in in fellowship with each other and, and just having that time to, to spend because those times were rare throughout the course of the calendar year. So, you know, if you're ever out this way, Kwame, at the Indiana Welcome Center, right on, off of 8094, they, every year uh, around this time, they do a huge uh, Christmas story, you know, setup, right? Because part of it was filmed Right. It was like set in Hammond, Indiana, which is where I grew up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. So if, if you're ever out this way, I mean, they, they go all out. Right. Sometimes some of the cast, you know, they come out and they show up and they do autographs and stuff like that. So, yeah, like just just something to put on your list. Hey, and if anybody's able to help me find a lamp, I'd be so grateful to you as well. <laughs> oh, they, they, they have the lamps. You could buy. They got Kwame, the just send, send me your address, Kwame. Send me your address. <laughs> Uh, so so jennifer what about you you know i'm not even gonna lie this question is really hard for me um my parents often worked on christmas morning and so we just kind of squeezed christmas in when we could and so it was really hard to have traditions when you never knew if you were going to have christmas the day it was christmas um but every christmas eve night um we would drive, to, and it was just my dad and I that did this. My mom would always, she'd either be working or she'd be home with my baby sister um, because we're six years apart. So 
but my dad would always take me out. We'd drive all around town looking at Christmas lights. Um, and he would always pack a thermos of hot chocolate. And so when we were finished driving through what I always called the fancy neighborhoods, oh, dad, go through the fancy neighborhoods so we can look at their lights. Um, we would drive up this old brick road. Uh, and this was in Peru, Indiana. So a little no-name town. I guess it's the circus capital of the world, if you want to call it that. But uh, we would drive up this brick road to this huge hill that overlooks the whole town. He would kind of back up to the hill and we'd sit in the back, um, covered up with a blanket and just drink that hot chocolate and just look at the lights. Uh, and I always remember trying to talk and he'd always be like, shh, this is si like, you have to sit in silence, which if you know me, you know, he acts like it was for a good reason, but really it's because I just talk too much. Um, but I really like, as I, as I got older, I realized that this was a good time for reflection. And now that I'm sitting here telling you this story, it's hitting me that that's probably why I spend so much time reflecting every hall. I mean, that's what this, that's what I started out saying this season meant to me. And I wonder if that's why, you know, that was really the only memory that I have of the consistent memory that I have of Christmas and the holidays is, is just sitting there quietly looking at lights at nighttime and reflecting. And so, uh, that's magical, you guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I might be tearing up right now. If this were video, mm -hmm. you can see that. <laughs> Because you just so. made that connection. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. This is therapy. Wow. You're welcome. And it's much cheaper. <laughs> just bill me later. <laughs> so, you know what? Since you, since you guys threw two out there, I want to throw out another one. And I, and I don't think it would be complete. And so any of my family listening to this right now, you know, the one thing that I could always, and, and so it's going off of kind of like you said, I said, with grandma giving you a gift and you knew what you were going to get, but it wasn't deodorant. Oh, so what my grandma gave, <laughs> it, was, it was not deodorant. Sorry. Sorry. But what she gave us every year, I mean, since I can remember was this little box of Legos, right? Just the, the tiny one, right? Something simple that you put together, but it was every year. And I knew right? I knew I was going to get it. And what I think was awesome about that was that it never stopped. I mean, up until the point when my grandmother passed away, which was what about five years ago now, she was still giving me that little box of Legos, right? It was just, it, it, it was a thing, right? And, and so I remember the very first year after she passed, you know, right? Christmas holidays in general are never the same. And so I remember, you know, kind of sitting there like I'm not getting my Legos this year, right? Like it, it was a somber moment. And then my mm -hmm. brother gave me Legos mm -hmm. and he was just like, I wanted to keep it going, right? Like it was just a thing. And so absolutely, right? Th those memories just kind of anchor us into what it means. And so thank you. Thank you everyone for sharing on those. Mm -hmm. So uh, not only... Uh, Kwame, well, you can ahead. get that lamp on Amazon. I just checked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I appreciate you. But um, I, know, I don't know how I'm going to explain that to my wife, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got a reminder. It's Italian, right? Fragile. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so so let, let, let's shift our perspectives a little bit. Let's take a look towards the future here and and I just want to ask, in what ways, right, are, are you continuing any of these legacies, right? Now that we're adults, right, some, you know, we have our own families. 
in what ways are you continuing these legacies or right? have you tried to do something different? Have you tried to build a new set of traditions and memories with your own? So, you know, I- I'm going to come back to you, Debbie. What about you? We are kind of in the process of doing that in a way right now. My son got married over Labor Day weekend to an amazing woman. And I've never done Christmas with any of my children who have been married. And I know what I wanted to do when when I had gotten married for my first Christmas or my subsequent Christmas. So I don't actually know what we're going to do. So that'll be different. I've been very, very spoiled in that I've had my children every single Christmas since they were born. And my oldest is now 29. So wow. it's going to be different. I mean, we still do the the thing with the stockings, and we started a new tradition because, you know, four kids now with Adrian five, and mommy doing all the stockings is a lot of stockings. So I pull a name, I pull all their names out of a hat, and Mackenzie does Caitlin's, and Caitlin's does Guillaume's, and Guillaume's does Maud's, Maud's does they did. Everybody does everybody else's. Uh, stocky. So that is a new tradition that we've done. And the baking and the, you know, the the ring and run with the baking is one that we keep doing, but we're going to be making some new ones. So I actually don't, I don't know. It's it's a process right now of how the, and especially now with COVID, like I don't, I I don't know how everything is going to look, but tradition wise, we're going to be making some new ones and it'll be, it's exciting because we're making new ones because a wonderful thing happened. So I'm, I'm curious to see where our tradition journey goes. Wonderful. Thank you, Debbie. What about you, S.I.L.? Oh, uh, my, my, uh, my dad passed in 2008 and of, of prostate cancer. And uh, recently, uh, one of my uncles passed away. Uh, here in the past month. And so these, you know, like my dad, my uncles, these these are people that I looked up to and I still look up to them. And so recently I spoke at, uh, gave a little uh, speech at, at my uncle's viewing. And it was just, I just mentioned just that I had these ideal role models growing up. And so we're, we're definitely missing them, uh, especially at, at Christmas time. But now, uh, you know, it's, it's like the torch has been passed. And mm-hmm. now it's my turn, mm-hmm. you know, my brothers, my cousins to, con- to continue the legacies, the, the tradition. So, yeah, getting mm-hmm. emotional here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Christmas so, is emotional. Family is emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just uh, you know the, the passing of the torch. Now it's our turn to to make those magical moments. So yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so if I may, you know, I, I know that we haven't known each other very long, right? But I, I would like to think that based on the, the the little bit that I do know you, that you're you're going to make an amazing role model, right, for mm-hmm. the rest of your family. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, definitely think that you're up for it. Thanks, Charles. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Tracy, going to move it over to you. I mean, we're going to have to warn the listeners to bring out some, uh, some tissue here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying. Uh, you're crying. <laughs> or as uh, as Dr. Basil would say, my, my eyes are getting sweating. <laughs> sweaty eyes. They're just sweating. That's all it is. Oh, goodness. Um you know, just just listening to that, Asael, um, very sorry for your loss. Um, you know, that time that we have with our loved ones is so very precious. And, you know, Charles, I thank you for pulling us together so we can have this conversation. And so what we've taken from my childhood, you know, my husband is from... Um, a single parent home and his mother is amazing and did a wonderful job raising four children. But, you know, so we come from different backgrounds. I had that rich, rich, rich family, 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 fun, fun, fun. And they did too, but it was a struggle. You know, it was the single mom working hard. And so our backgrounds are a little different. And my husband has heard so much about my background that I feel like well, also, his dad just wasn't in the picture. So I feel like it's a combination of my stories and his dad not being in the picture that he wanted to, I feel like he had this vision and this drive and this passion and this purpose to make Christmas more than magical for our sons and the traditions. Um, it, it's just been beautiful watching our new traditions unfold. Um and keeping some of those things that were precious to me, like large family gatherings. Uh, we have a family fellowship breakfast. That's what, that's the new twist. That's what we call it now. There was always family at my house as a kid. And now for us, pre-COVID, it's not just family. It's people from our church, from our community, like it's friends. Um, and everybody brings something. And the whole kitchen counter is covered with all sorts of foods. So that's been something really, really special um, and near and dear to my heart. And then I'll say this really quickly. My youngest son is exceptionally gifted and, 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 you know, I challenge him in many ways. And so we brainstormed several years ago. I'm like, dude, you got to do something with all of these gifts you have outside of school. And so he came up with adopting a family each Christmas and we call it the Christmas buddy mm. program, but the mm. whole community, rallies around this family. The family's, you know, it's confidential who the family is, but he tells the needs. He does these video promos and there's a drive-through night at a restaurant where people drop off the gifts and, and money from what they order goes to the family. So that's been a new tradition that is just, oh gosh, selfless and full of gratitude. And to see somebody else that is in need that you don't even think of that we take for granted it just really grounds you and helps you remember what the meaning of Christmas really is. Mm-hmm. Tracy, that is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm really w- hoping and wondering, you know, if there, there's listeners and other people, and I'm sure, I'm sure there are just, you know, doing the same thing, right. Just reaching out and, and making sure that while we are sharing some wonderful, wonderful memories, not everybody has, Mm-hmm. Gets that right, and so making mm-hmm. sure that people are taken care of during this time. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Kwame, Kwame, I'm gonna move it over to you. All right. Um, as far as legacies, 
Um, so my wife and I, we have a three-year-old son. Uh, so, you know, his first year, he was born in November on Thanksgiving, November mm. 2017. So we didn't really have much of a Christmas that first year because he was so young. Um, and then I think 20, 2018, uh, what happened in 2018? I think 2018 and then 2019 was just kind of crazy because, you know, uh, my wife and I, well, the whole family, we actually had been moving around a lot. So my wife works for the Peace Corps. So we mm-hmm. were stationed in um, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Oh, wow. Right. So, you know, in the midst of trying to get adjusted to our new surroundings, we didn't really take a whole lot of time to think about just celebrating Christmas in the way that we did growing up. So we didn't even have a tree. We didn't have the lights, you know, because, you know, we were still trying to get adjusted and settled, you know, with all the other things that we're trying to bring. So, you know, we're hoping that, uh, so, you know, this year is probably going to be the first year where we're going to have some semblance of, of a Christmas celebration, you know, with family because we are stateside. So he'll be with his grandparents and, you know, we're actually in the Midwest right now visiting my mom and and my sister and and my nephew and nieces because we hadn't seen them in over a year. Mm -hmm. So so he's able to spend time with them, um, which is a change from the first few years because it was just him with mommy and daddy. So to be with other kids around that time, that's been special for my wife and I to watch. Wow. Yeah. Priceless. Yeah. Sure. So Kwame, he's three, right? He's three now. Yep. Three years old. Man, it's such a fun time for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But, but but um to answer your question, Charles, just moving forward, we we'd like to just and it's something that my wife and I we've talked about, just we have to really make the most of, of those of these holiday seasons, you know, even if it's just having a tree and some lights up so that you can feel the magic and the whole experience of the season, you know, we, we have to at least do that, you know, just for, for him, because that's what we had growing up and we don't want to strip him of that opportunity to experience that as well. Yeah, you're right. Right. That, that it's, as we get older, we realize that that holiday magic, you know, were those around us that loved us, right. That made sure that we had that holiday magic. So. Ah, enjoy him. Enjoy him. I'm getting so nostalgic right now, you guys. I know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so Jennifer, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this one home with you. What about you? You know, um, having come from a childhood where traditions were important. Uh, it was so hard. And like I said earlier, I've got four kids and they range from, I've got a 14 year old son all the way down to a two and a half year old daughter. And there's a big gap between my third and my, my last one here. We, uh, I found myself, um, a single mom of three kids under five. (laughs) And, uh, I didn't, I didn't know how to give them the Christmas that I, that I thought that, you know, my kids deserved, I guess. And, (laughs) especially coming from the family that I did. Um, I had, a, I had a rougher childhood. Um, 
And so we have this, we all have these ideas of what we're, you know, what our family is going to look like and what it's going to be like. And when it doesn't happen, we kind of just have to just pivot. And that's what I found myself doing. And I thought I I had made this vow when I had my son uh, 14 years ago, I said, I want to vow to take my kids on a vacation. I don't care if we're going to, you know, like Michigan for a couple of days, or if we're going camping three miles from home, I want to make sure that they have a vacation. That was something I, ne- I, my entire childhood, I never went on a vacation. And so I wanted to give that to my kids. Um, and I found one Christmas after the first Christmas, after my husband and I divorced, I couldn't afford Christmas. And I, we had gone the whole year and I couldn't afford a vacation. And it was the first year that I wasn't able to do that for my kids. And so I, I looked around and, you know, my parents were getting everything for the kids and his parents were getting stuff for the kids. And he, and it was just, I was like, why do my kids need all this stuff? And it just like clicked for me that I just wanted to be able to take my kids somewhere and and have memories. That's what they're going to remember. And I know that you guys were talking about, you know, the, the Nintendo you got when you were younger. And now I'm dating myself because it was a Nintendo, but (laughs) the Nintendo that you got, or, you know, your deodorant from your grandma, I can't remember anything I got for Christmas. And so I decided that I was just going to every year take my kids on vacation for Christmas. And so we we would leave Christmas night or the next morning and that was their Christmas gift. And they never knew. And it, it still is to this day. Um, they got older and, you know, my son's 14. He's got his phone and and my my 11 year old's got her friends and she wants to talk to them. And I just said, you have a choice. You can have Christmas presents out the wazoo <laughs> or we can go on a trip. And they continuously every year choose the trip. Um, and they never know where we're going until we get there. Now, my son's figured it out because he pulls up maps on his phone. But <laughs> <laughs> um, And so that's what we do. That's my, my current husband now has such a huge family. And they have so many family gatherings, which I appreciate because I, I didn't have that. And so um, to me, it started out as being an obligation. When I first met him, I was like, oh, my, another family gathering. What are we <laughs> What are we, how many families do you have? Um, but but it's perfect. It's a perfect balance because we spend that Christmas Eve and we spend the week before Christmas and that Christmas day and we go to his families and we celebrate with them and we celebrate at our house Christmas morning, just opening stockings and one, you know, quote, Santa gift. And and then they don't know where we're going. They, they get a little, their stockings are always full of snacks for the road. And um, this year it's big. So we're we're flying for the first time ever as a family mm-hmm. and we've saved up all year. So we're excited to give them these memories. And to me, that's what Christmas, I love traveling. It's important to me and I want it to be important to them. And, and those memories, you know, we're all sitting here and we're nostalgic, but that's time we're busy all year long. You know, they're in sports now they're we're, I'm always running them somewhere, dance and, and soccer and everything. And so just to be able to spend that week after Christmas together is um, really important to me. And it's become really important to them too, instead of making it about gifts. Jennifer, that's awesome. You, you're going to have to tell us after we're done recording, right, where mm-hmm. you're going yes. so we can <laughs> add it to the show notes because I, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Yeah, yeah. And they might be able to hear me. My son's room is right above my, and they wait, they try, they look for hints all year and they just wait to see where we're going to go. And so I, I can't awesome. say it now, but it's it'll be big. <laughs> oh, that, the, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear where you guys are going to go this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, you know, 
just to wrap this up, I, I, I want to share one of my own. When 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 I was young, um, you know, I lived with my grandparents, and my grandparents were the central figures of our family, right? So for big holidays, everybody came to my grandparents' house. We were all at my grandparents' house, right? And Christmas Eve, there'd be people sleeping all over the place, right? And we'd we'd get up, we'd we'd open presents, we'd have our meals together, and it was just you know, everybody together. Um, and so now, right now that my grandparents have passed, you know, like, like I said, you kind of mentioned earlier, right, that that torch has been shifted, right? And so that my house is now that house. But because I'm married, it's not just my, my one side of the family, it's my family, my, my wife's family. And so right between the two of us, my wife and I, we have five daughters, right? The youngest being 17, um, and, and just everybody comes over. So it's, it's nothing short of us hosting, you know, 25 plus people. Right. And we just, just bond together. Right. And, and so there have been times and I'll be honest with you. It's like, I, I look at our house, right. And our, and our, like I said, my baby's 17 now. And it's like, do we need this? Right. Do, can, can we get something smaller? Can we, can we be like Jennifer and just get a bus and like travel? Like, can, can we do something different? But, you know, it, it's the reality is we've become that central figure, right? And it's not just holidays, it's birthdays, it's just gatherings, right? Families need a central place, something that they know they can count on, right? A point of consistency. And we, our home has become that. And so, you know, it, even though that puts a lot of pressure, you know, on me and my wife, right? I do all the cooking right? It's, it's nice to know that we can provide, we could continue providing that, that, that sense of stability and that ongoing tradition for, for our family. So definitely understand everything that you guys have shared. And just once again, you know, I, I want to say thank you so much for joining me and, and for sharing, right, in these Christmas memories and, and talking about what it means to you and, and how we're going to hold on to this moving forward. So, you know, I wanted to do something special. You guys did not disappoint. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being guests on the show today. Thank you for bringing us together. Yeah. It, Thanks for having me us. Nostalgic and teary and giggly and just mm -hmm. more. I think I'm going to walk away feeling more appreciative. Mm -hmm. After listening mm -hmm. to everybody's stories and everybody's mm -hmm. different backgrounds and histories and traditions, it just makes me more appreciative of just Christmas, <laughs> just being together and, and all those topics that you brought up. So thank you very much for bringing all of us together and everybody else who is here. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, and Charles, yeah, and, and you know, Thank you, yes, but thank you for doing it now in the season that we're in when we need to pull back and reflect and 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 think about the future, you know, now more than ever. We need that hope and and hope, exactly. you giving us pause to do this um, mm -hmm. feels really good. Feels really good. Yeah, and as I'm reflecting on just the whole conversation and, and just 
what we've discussed over the past uh, 50 minutes, close to an hour, I just can't help but think about just, yes, all people, but, you know, we're, we're all educators, so we can't help but think about those teachers who have not been able to see their family members mm-hmm. in over a year as mm-hmm. a result of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Just the separation anxiety uh, that has come into play, that has factored into this whole um predicament um i mean this is just something that was needed for not just us but for so many people who are just out there making sure that other people are okay when you know the reality is we're not always okay but we still Mm got to keep pushing forward so Mm -hmm. i just want to put that out there Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to get caught up in the negatives, you know, and, and especially, again, you know, hashtag 2020, it's easy to get caught up in in all the negative that's surrounding us right now. And so to be able to to take this moment and and reflect back on on times, even if they weren't the best of times, you know, just to be able to reflect back at a, at a time where we were more innocent and and things were more simple. That's a powerful mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And thank everybody for being so raw and so open. Mm. You know, you could have glossed over it and said, oh, we opened presents and we had dinner. You shared Mm -hmm. some very, very thought-provoking memories. And I appreciate you opening up that much. Mm -hmm. Very intimate. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. That vulnerability was real, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, I want to say thank you one last time here. I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Um, you know, whatever it is that you're going to be doing, because I know it's different this year, right? Like it's going to be super hard on my wife because it's just the two of us. We don't get to have that big old family gathering this year. You know, we have people kind of all over the place. And so it's it's going to be hard. But whatever it is that you're doing, right, I, I hope that you have an amazing time. And just I think tonight means all of that right the 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 magic the love the family the fellowship in whatever capacity that you can i hope that you guys all have a wonderful holiday be safe and i look forward to talking to you all very soon thank you i second that emotion to everybody thank you everybody thank you thank you magical yes happy holidays everyone (laughs) yes yes happy holidays I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at the CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care. <laughs>